Welcome to Recently Logged, where this week we're talking about the hit horror comedy, Stab. Coming back at you with another late night episode. Another late night episode. We need a little late night intro anytime we need to record at night. We, we release these at noon though, so for, yes, the, the, for the listeners. <laughs> it matters on recording time. <laughs> And we're recording this at night. We are recording so it. So this night. is another late night recently logged. Again, we need a theme song for it. <laughs> need, a, need a little jingle. A little jingle that for, would be nice. for a late night theme. Recently logged. Anytime, anytime we do a late night one, it's like... Put the people to sleep before yeah. the episode begins. Put some like, put, put some, like uh, relaxing ambience oh. behind those episodes. How nice. As the ones to fall asleep to. This is one of the ones to fall asleep to. <laughs> one of the to. ones to fall asleep to, guys. Take note. <laughs> but yeah, we're talking about we're talking about stab this week. Stab. A lot of fun. Yeah. Um, you know? It's it's a good movie. I I don't <laughs> You you guys saw the premiere. Ruby, you're gonna you're gonna confuse people and they're gonna turn off the video. <laughs> I I would hope our listener base would understand. If they if they had seen Scream Two anyway. Yeah. Um but no, I mean, I was at the premiere. <laughs> was at the premiere? I was at the premiere for It's crazy. Yeah, they had a really cool publicity <laughs> stunt. It was wild. I can't believe it was real. <laughs> Fake, you mean? Fake? Yeah, it was just a publicity stunt. Good golly. <laughs> and that's good special that's effects. That's good special effects, ladies and gents. Uh, but yeah, this week we're talking about Scream 2. Uh, if you recall, if, you've, if you're a listener of the podcast. I recall. Uh, two weeks ago... At the beginning of good old October, which uh, we're three weeks into October. My goodness. Um, Flying by. Crazy. Um, <laughs> I need my video to be finished. Um, <laughs> but if you recall. But if you recall, we did Scream. Uh, now we're doing Scream we 2. Scream. Two weeks from now, we'll be doing Scream 3. Oh, my goodness. When will it end? It, it goes on and on. <laughs> it just keeps going. <laughs> I can't believe it. But yeah, we're talking about the Scream series, dissecting it, breaking it down with Robbie's articulation of all of his deep my, thoughts and opinions <laughs> I, I i i pride myself i'm like oh i have a i have a fun movie podcast where i talk about like movies and what i think of them and then on the first scream episode i like floundered around looking for anything co- cohesive to say about scream and i'm about to do the same thing again i feel like scream there's so much too. to grab out of no there's of these so movies. much that's the thing there's so much to grab out of them i feel like i'm too dumb to get <laughs> but Robbie, they're dumb movies. They are dumb. They're movies. dumb movies. That's with, what I with smart stuff. That's what I adore about Kevin Williamson. He's such a good screenwriter. Oh, Kevin! Well, speaking of Kevin Williamson, speaking of Kevin Williamson, should we tell the people what they need to know about the production? We should tell them. We should tell them all the stuff about Scream Two. All the stuff. All of it. Okay. Well, maybe not all of it. We're just we're just gonna <laughs> stick to the greatest hits. You know. Okay. Greatest hits of Scream Two. We can do. Ladies and gentlemen, don't touch that dial, because we're going over the basic facts at night. <laughs> we play the jingle again here. Okay. We play the jingle again. <laughs> uh, so the, yeah, <laughs> the basic facts at night. Uh, <laughs> Prepare to make trivia, I don't know, interesting again. <laughs> so yes, as, as I said, this week we're talking about Scream 2, which is a 1997 movie. One year after Scream, believe it or not. Uh, it is a rated R. It's a pretty fast turnaround. Um, it is two hours long. 
Uh, its little IMDb description is two years after the first series of murders as Sydney acclimates to college life. Someone donning the ghost face costume be- begins a new string of killings. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. We've got Nev Campbell. We've got Courtney Cox. We've got David Arquette. We've got Jada Pinklet, Pinkett, Pinkett, sorry, Pinkett Smith, <laughs> Omar Epps, uh, Pauletta Patterson. <laughs> So this I like I like a Pauletta good Patterson. That's a good name. That's a good name. <laughs> uh, directed by Wes Craven, Heck written yeah. by Kevin Williamson. Heck yeah. Car- wait, it's a, it's a, I've never seen this before. It specifically credits characters by Kevin Williamson and then story by Kevin Williamson. Interesting. <laughs> Which is weird to mention it twice. Um, I wonder because he wrote the first one. Maybe that's the only reason. Well, I can yeah, think yeah, of, yeah. But, like, like he wrote the first one. He's also writing this one. <laughs> exactly. I've <laughs> never, I've never seen that on one that's like <laughs> yeah, the the same. <laughs> but yeah, lots of interesting that's, stuff. That's that's Scream too. That's, that's all you too. need to know. Those are all of the interesting. <laughs> that's, facts. All, that's literally everything, guys. Nothing else happened. You can in go the back home. <laughs> you can turn off the pod. There's nothing else. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Turn it off. We're an informative podcast, and you've been informed. Micah, what if we did something else? You know. Now go tell the people. <laughs> what if we did? What if we did a thing where we told them what we think of the movie? Spread the what? That's no, instead of no, just no, listening. No, facts what is this? About what is this <laughs> blasphemy? We have to spread the good news. <laughs> we have to. We have to reach as many people about as possible. About who wrote Scream? We can't. We can't. We can't focus on any any opinions. That's that's blasphemy. Blasphemy. We must spread the the basic facts. <laughs> blasphemy against what, Micah? The basic facts. <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> all right yeah let's get into what we thought of it ladies and gentlemen as you sink comfortably into your beds as the cool crisp autumn night glows outside in the moonlight uh listen to our opinions as you lull off into sweet slumber <laughs> sweet slumber <laughs> Let's talk about a movie about a, another serial killer. <laughs> serial killer horror comedy. Yeah, baby. It's a good time. So, so Robbie, yeah. inform me. Help me recall. <laughs> Help me to recollect. Help me to recollect. Um, what are your thoughts on the hit movie Scream 2? Hit movie. I guess this was a hit too, probably. I would assume. I, I, I mean, Scream, I, I Scream was a big, big check. success. I mean, let's see those box office numbers, <laughs> but tell us while I check. All right, all right. Um, Scream 2. Big fan of Scream. Uh, I liked Scream 2 a lot as well, if you could even believe it. Um, Kevin Williamson's screenplay is still really fun here. It's It lacks a little bit of the weight and wit of the first one, and the, I think the ensemble's a bit weaker. Um, but I think it is also really well paced and it's a lot of fun. I, I like it a lot. It's, it's a good time. Its budget was 24 million and opening weekend it did 32 million, but now worldwide gross, it has done 172 million. Not too shabby. Which, I guess, is, I mean, which is good profit. Yeah. So sure. yeah, I guess you could say it did well. <laughs> I, guess, I guess so. It did well enough to get three made. Right. Um, but yeah. I think it's good. I think it's fun. I think it's it's fun. I like that the fact that uh, Dewey gets a little more focus in this one. Dewey. And I I like the new ensemble. Like I said, I think it's a little weaker. The Dewey decimal system. But I I do like the new ensemble for this one. 
So. Oh, see, it's not the it's not the fact that the ensemble is weaker; it's <laughs> that the writing of the ensemble is weaker. But we'll get into That's that true. later. <laughs> but yes, I liked it. I enjoy it a lot. And I I don't know for some reason I have a really tough time articulating how I feel about this movie, or even land. I had a really tough time landing on a star rating for it too. A star. Well, what was your star rating? My star rating, the one I landed on, was a four and a half out of five. We should start calling our star ratings the Star Lasso Experience. It'd be pretty good. It's the wrong movie, Micah. Yeah, but just for the whole podcast, <laughs> play a little, play a little jupe theme. A little jupe theme. <laughs> that would be pretty good. Uh, yeah, no, four and a half. Yeah, it's a good time. I, that, I would isn't, recommend. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, you'd think with like a rating like a four and a half that you that I would have like a concrete reason like, <laughs> oh yeah, no, it rocks, it rules, but there's like a couple things holding it back, but I don't know. What, what did you think of Scream? What did I think of Scream 2? Thank you for asking. That, You're welcome. That really touches me. <laughs> really reaches deep into my soul. Uh, and uh, What did I think of I think Scream 2 is a really fun movie. I think it is a it fine is. movie. I think it is a, a pretty decent movie by horror movie standards. Like Dang. this is this is like no, I'm saying like uh, compared to a lot of horror movies yeah, I've yeah. seen, this is like this is good. Yeah, definitely. Um, this is great even. Uh, but compared to Scream, <laughs> right? That's a hard act I think to follow. That's why my brain is breaking. I'm trying to compare this to Scream. <laughs> it's a hard act to follow, and it's still very good. But nothing about it has the same teeth of of scream it's not as it's not as interesting it's not as insightful it's not yeah. as well thought out it doesn't have this in-depth of characters it doesn't have as good of a twist it doesn't have as good as action gore horror it's just not the same level of it's no stuff, it's no scream <laughs> which is which is which is fine i have no problems with right. that but one thing that does bother me with that specifically is that they mention the fact that it's a sequel so much like it retroactively right. needs to be a like a good sequel by their standards um and, and do stuff to improve on scream um which is interesting but yeah i really like the cast they're still giving darn good performances mm-hmm. the pacing is somehow still fantastic which is, is very good a big problem with a lot of horror movies right um and it's you know it's it's funny it's fun it's a lot more lighthearted and enjoyable this is one you could turn on and laugh with your friends the whole way through exactly you're not going to be scared but it's going to be there exactly yeah. um I gave it a four out of five. This one is a lot more popcorny than Scream is. Very popcorn. Which I, I don't know if that's like on purpose. Well, no. I would assume it I is. I mean, yeah, there are elements of it that I think definitely are on purpose of being that popcorny as it like is yeah. retroactively dealing with the fact that it's a movie. Like that Scream was yeah. a movie. That stab exists. Um and I think that definitely plays into how they went with the writing. But I wouldn't inherently say that that makes it work. 100%. Yeah, yeah. It's a strange. It's a strange movie. But uh, Robbie of the yes. of the movie opinions. Yes, movie opinions. Movie I do opinion, have Robbie. Uh, that's what we call. <laughs> that's what they call me around the office. <laughs> do you have an opening question for us? Um. Sure. Yeah. Uh, since we mentioned Stab so often, uh, what do you think of the inclusion of Stab? It's a really, like, fun meta-narrative choice, and I think it makes for an interesting, like, way to open the movie. So I think... And it frames a lot of, like, the main I was about to say, I think Stab... In a very I think, interesting way. I think Stab is going to be interesting to talk about, because it delves deep into some of the core problems that yeah. I think this movie has. Uh, because I like Stab. It's a great bit. It's really <laughs> it's funny. Bit, I love yeah. Stab. Um, 
but you know they put stab up there and then kind of kind of frame the movie more through movies like even more so yes. than the first one which again you could say a pretty general <laughs> read very, of that yeah is people dealing with trauma through movies yes and this one is kind of like people dealing with the trauma of movies <laughs> yeah that's interesting um, i don't know but in in a way like yeah. the, the trauma of fame and everything like that that comes with a story like sydney has yeah. um but and they kind of and they kind of put it up there and one of the things i wanted to specifically mention was the um what is his name mickey and randy thing yes which i think plays into that because again it's very movie and i like that we have this thing that's getting us into it in a little bit lighter tone which stab is like a much lighter tone to open our movie for <laughs> right think plays... about the cold open from screen that's intense <laughs> stuff man. yeah but it plays into a lot of the themes that the movie is going for but by the second half once randy spoilers dies um <laughs> it kind of loses the air of movies even even the plot thread of what mickey was going for he just gets killed off and like they just drop yeah. movies as an idea even though again like you said it well not on the podcast but like you were saying before <laughs> um the opening and the closing parallel each other by being on stage and again the entire movie is kind of about presentation and like yeah I don't know. And like, you know, media, I think, is my my personal read of it, is how the media and how entertainment affects us through trauma. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, like, I don't really see what that has to do with Billy's mom. Yeah. (laughs) When you mentioned that, like, about how they kind of drop Mickey's thing, I think I almost would prefer it to just be Mickey. I would love for it to just be Mickey. And just totally explore his idea and his angle. Because, again, they focus more on Randy in this one, and they get, and they literally have a film class in it. Right. And they have two. He is a film student. He is also a film student. They have opposing beliefs on film. Mm -hmm. Uh, One that the movie clearly endorses as right, and one that the movie endorses as wrong so that's like that i feel like that should be the core of the movie and it feels like it's it's playing to that yeah. because again the stab stuff the opening everything about it is much more popcorny everything about it is much more entertainment value yeah it's more sanitized it's more like like the killing is significantly less like the gore is not there the terror isn't there it's popcorn yeah um, no it's very interesting because it's like thinking back on it now a lot of my criticisms of this movie, like the stuff that I find myself getting bored with or, you know, stuff that I just generally didn't enjoy as much, um, all boils down to like plot, like plot stuff, quote unquote. But like the stuff to do with Sydney and all of that, like I wish I, I mentioned this earlier, I assumed Scream 2 would be like a disconnected uh, kind of sequel where it's in the same universe like scream exists like the events of scream took place obviously but it's yeah. like a completely different cast of characters that's what i assumed it would be and i kind of almost wish it was that yeah, so it, was, it could explore the idea that we just talked well, about well honestly i wish i wish depth. that that randy was just the main character randy, um because listen character. i love sydney as a main character and i think it I think, good. I think i'll give credit to this movie i think it does a really fantastic job of carrying over believable character arcs from the first it movie. does yeah like i think For i think sure. it which is a feat it very <laughs> naturally brings over even sydney and how she's doing i was about to but say it, even with dewey it feels like a very natural continuation of yeah. the first movie but at the same time i think sydney 
outside of the cotton weary stuff, which I think is really important to mm-hmm. the themes of the movie, yeah. shouldn't be like I think Sydney should be side character at this point because she just doesn't have much to say. Like she went through essentially the media messing with her life entertain not entertainment even but the media affecting yeah. her life in the first movie she had to put up with that after cotton weary and everything and gale and yeah all that's, of that. that's like the whole thing and yeah. in this one she's just that but more yeah like she's just running into more of that so she's even colder to it and it's affecting her even worse and like she's gone through a lot and she's in a really terrible position in the movie which is fine like that's good again more conflict for her to grow through but at the same time the conclusion doesn't there's no conclusion for her character they don't give her and 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 i'll say this too um because i thought this was interesting i noticed this on our second watch um it's her trust issues that not uh, directly but indirectly get her boyfriend killed yeah but at the same time i feel like her trust issues are completely valid throughout (laughs) the entire movie right um so like what is it trying to say? Like, what is Sydney's character in the movie trying to say to us? Because, like, you know, I wouldn't read into it that much, but Scream, as a kind of meta franchise, mm-hmm. specifically asks the audience to read into what's happening. Exactly, yeah. It, it, that I think maybe that is what bothers me so much about this movie, because I, I really do enjoy it, and I think it's fantastic, but it, it something just kind of, like, sits in the back of my brain, like, it, it's not what it could be. And it really bothers me, but I think that is part of the reason was, why Sydney's say, arc in this just doesn't. It, it does feel like a natural continuation, but it doesn't really get the resolution that it needs. Well, I feel this. like I feel like the movie's kind of split because it's doing the two killer thing. Because you have yeah. Cotton Weary, Billy's mom, Sydney, her boyfriend, <laughs> college life. All of that can kind of be wrapped up into one movie. Yeah. All of the stuff that it's exploring. If it really wants to go more down, how this has personally emotionally relationshiply affected her mm-hmm. um because the because they entered they introduced that they introduced that as like her friend is like you you're so shut down you're so cut off you yeah need to get better with that's that. the first thing we see but the movie literally offers nothing no solution <laughs> for that yeah it is um, interesting and, and and then her boyfriend ends up getting killed <laughs> right um and then you have randy and stab and you've got your movie class stuff and you've got Mickey who plays into that stuff more. And the themes have like if you had a little, one of those little circle charts, they, <laughs> they have a they have a little crossover. They intersect, yeah. The 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 media emotionally affecting you and entertainment value uh, like traumatically affecting like a tr- media and entertainment leading had dealing with trauma mm-hmm. those things cross over and what the moral implications are of something like stab yeah i think that's a very interesting conversation and they kind of cross over <laughs> but in a move in this movie neither of them are really given the chance to resolve they kind of kill each other <laughs> yeah no that's a good that's a good way to put it they kind of both diffuse each other's momentum as narrative plot lines you know because again mickey gets well and randy ideas. randy gets killed off by the mom yeah mickey gets killed off by the mom <laughs> um you know yeah the boyfriend gets killed off by mickey <laughs> they literally kill each other <laughs> um but yeah that's why i said that's an interesting opening question for you because that yeah. opened the can of worms that i think leads to like one of the deepest problems of the movie yeah um so I will ask a question because I also want to, because I think that's 
you know that's an interesting thing i think that is that is honestly a lot of it's a i don't know it strikes me as a very telling like a very central element to this movie is stab like as a thematic idea yeah because like we'll we'll take a again a look at the first movie the first movie is something really special like beyond like like it's it's a It's amazing. <laughs> what it captures is something that's very difficult to reproduce. It's so hard. A to sequel, reproduce. a sequel was would be troubled to do so <laughs> in any circumstance, and I think it does a fantastic job of being a sequel. I was about to say scream. this is a great like um, result of a sequel to Scream, much better than I would but expect. But Scream, <laughs> your opening initially immediately sets the tone of slight comedy, slight parody, a lot of terror. Yeah. And it carries that. It's, it carries that on its back it's so the whole the way. It is. It, it carries weight. It, you feel mm-hmm. every kill. You feel every stab. Even the sound design in Scream 2 is less. Like, you hear the stabs and, and the guttingness in Scream. Um, and yeah. it carries that the entire way to its one central theme. It has one theme, one main character, and it follows that like a bullet. Um, and it's great, man. <laughs> and it works. And Scream 2... I understand the idea of wanting to get more, get more in there, which is again why I think Randy just would have been a better main character. Um, yeah, that's a, that's an interesting thought. <laughs> and so, so Scream Two is just kind of split and tearing itself apart, despite the fact, and <laughs> two, well. despite the fact that it, it does have really good, like re- some really solid ideas of how to thematically carry a sequel to Scream. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I think Kevin Williamson, I like, I keep bringing him up. <laughs> I, like I Kevin keep Williamson. finding that I'm a big fan of his, uh, like, screenwriting Have style. Have you heard of Kevin Williamson? <laughs> but, like, um, stuff like I Know What You Did Last Summer, and, I mean, obviously, Scream, um, they're just so coherent, like, and, and they feel so complete. And this doesn't feel totally complete, which is, I don't know, it, it really bothers me deep down. I again, again, I don't think it's even that like, yeah, that big of a not inherently problem. I don't think it's that big of a thing. Yeah, if it weren't for the fact that again, not only does this movie literally essentially tell you as an audience to read into the film more, but it also tells you to read into it as a sequel more. Mm-hmm. It specifically tells you that. Like like things about sequels, it it sets up an entire theme about sequels. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very interesting too because the the like angle that they take on investigating the new string of murders it is like they keep framing it as a sequel to the first one, which I find is very interesting phrasing. But like also, a lot of the plot stuff that they introduce when they're initially like gathering evidence, like the name thing and everything doesn't really come back up again which, I, was, I was about to say which I, bothered me a little this time i, I was, was like oh i was about to say it's the kind of writing for that stuff mm-hmm. that makes sense on a first viewing because it's a mystery but i don't think that makes for a well-written mystery because it ultimately is just a bunch of weird like it's there for a reason they did it specifically again mickey was doing it similar to the movie specifically for his little plan yeah for his plan. but because the the mom wasn't even she didn't even care about the plan she just kills him again it makes that feel a lot less it feels cheap relevant yeah Yeah. cheap it feels a lot more like wow we just threw this on here to give intrigue and mystery and to be like oh it's a sequel um yeah i don't know which again it's not like an egregious offense but it's just little things like that that bother me about this movie 
And again, I still gave it like I still gave it a nine. No, I was about to say I wanted to ask a question <laughs> yeah. and like yeah. start diving into what's good about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, um, because I think there's a lot that's really fantastic in it. Absolutely. Um, so I don't know if you heard that vibration <laughs> and my foot stuck. Um, but what do you th- <laughs> what do you think of like our ensemble here? What do you think the of ensemble. our cast? I think it has a big. Uh, Matthew Lillard shaped hole in it <laughs> and it makes a me Matthew very sad Lillard shaped hole in our heart he is so good at Scream it makes me so I sad I was about to say in general the kind of spitball energy that Scream has the kind of off the walls really fast goes like just feels so it, the immersive first, the first Scream ensemble is like crackling with energy and this one is not. About, it's still say, very good. I was about to say, is but because, it's a whole different vibe. Is because you have this weird, crazy, insane, crazy chemistry, crazy conflict friend group that it's based on, like that, that you follow. Yeah. There's like no reason for them to be friends, but the actors have such insane charisma <laughs> and chemistry that you're just like, yeah. Yeah, of course. This <laughs> is a group of friends. <laughs> um, and Matthew Lillard obviously greatly contributes to that. Um <laughs> But yeah, man, I don't know, like, by conventional standards, the Scream 2 ensemble is pretty great. Like, um, I like a lot of the new additions, um, Sarah Michelle Gellar, I wish she was in this more. Right. I'm gonna blow your mind with this, though, Robbie. I'm gonna blow your mind with this. All right. The Scream 2 cast, the Scream 2 ensemble, uh-huh. could be that good if it wasn't split and trying to do multiple things with them they never focus on it as an ensemble of a group of people because they instantly have to all be pulled apart to do their separate little bits that's true mickey is gone for 90 percent of the movie which sucks i want right? more mickey um no he's so much fun the dewey and gale stuff is fantastic it's great um, i love how it, they're almost like second main character yeah i was about to say they're i love they're they're a great b plot (laughs) they're probably the best thing going on in this movie honestly Um, (laughs) right i love like seriously and that's a big compliment (laughs) like they're really great um but like sydney and her friends it's like eh, Mm. you got the boyfriend and that's like a thing and like does she suspect and then there's cotton weary and he's over here doing his thing yeah cotton weary kind of connects to gail gail kind of connects to dewey dewey kind of connect it's it's this weird it's a very odd movie. It feels like the ensemble, <laughs> instead of being a group together, is actively avoiding each other, all for different reasons. Yeah. No, it's it's interesting. But I will say, the guy who plays Cotton in this, I didn't I didn't double check on his name, but he's very good. You no, know, the performances. I love <laughs> yeah. the performances of the ensemble. I love even, even this. Uh, is it Joel or Joey? I don't remember. Um, the camera guy. The camera guy. Oh, yeah. What is his name? It's something with a J. It's like Joel or Joey. Liv Schreiber is the guy who played Cotton Weary. Very cool. He's a good actor. (laughs) Joel. Yeah, it's Joel. Joel. Okay. Um, Like Joel, I really like him. But again, he's not in the movie much. Um, Randy's performance is like off the walls here, probably even better than the first one, which is like... (laughs) I was about to say, I really like the energy he brings to this one. He's very good. And again... (laughs) And then they kill him. I, I was, okay, it didn't bother me that much the first time, but like watching it again, it really like made me kind of mad and a little sad that they killed off Randy so soon in this one because they could have done so many more like fun bits. Well, I think and, it's, again, I think it's yeah. sloppy placement because they specifically set up 
Randy and Mickey. Yeah. Again, Randy should have been the main character here. I, I kind of wish they would have killed him off in that, like, final stage encounter and everything. Like, have um, him and Sydney meet back up right before Mickey reveals himself to be the killer. That would have yeah. been fun. Like, and have him die there. Yeah, just stuff. have him more towards the end, but instead he feels like a filler kill. Yeah. He, he's, like, his kill is, like... Yeah, they're just... I mean, they're doing... They kill him to ramp up the stakes, and really, that's about it. Yeah, I mean, same with same with Dewey's attack, which, again, is another one of the things, like, uh, you know, Do, uh, Dewey, Randy. Randy <laughs> specifically mentions in this movie, in that conversation with Dewey, that sequels <laughs> ramp it up. There are more, more killings, more gore. More everything. I like, think Scream ha- might have a higher body count. Than I, this. I I'm trying to think, <laughs> I feel but like I think it, it does. Um, but and significantly more gore. But what I was yeah. gonna say specifically about the killings in Scream mm-hmm. is because it has a much more sinister vibe. Again, curated by its opening. Yeah. Um, and yeah. the actual real stakes you feel for Sydney and everything. Um, like, because you feel like she could die off at any minute. Whereas right. this movie, I really don't feel like she could die off any time. <laughs> she, she, um, she shows herself to be very capable in this movie. <laughs> uh, and, um, like, every kill you feel, every kill beyond even just the gore and the sound design, which is a lot more punchy, um, like, for the stakes of the movie, the very small set of cast starts to dwindle. Yeah, um, and it's given each kill even like the camera guy is given like a lot of weight a lot of terror yeah. a lot of like oh my gosh this guy is going to come for me next <laughs> he is dying um whereas this they're literally like like i guess it's the way they treat the killing in this even uh-huh. like even the way sydney and the boyfriend treat killing like people get murdered and then people around Sydney start getting murdered. Yeah. And everybody's just like, yeah, whatever. Do you have to have these bodyguards around you? <laughs> right. <laughs> Cotton Weary is like, yeah, can you come on this show right now? Can we do this right now? Right. Um, like, <laughs> Gail even. Like, everything just feels like it doesn't care about the the slasher element of the slasher. That is, an, yeah, that's an interesting way to put it. You know, I, I will say, I was a little, like, I, I wouldn't say upset. I was a little sad to see that Gail was back. Like, I like Gail in this. No, no, I like her in this. Like, when we first started it and I realized that it, Gail was going to be, like, a main character, I was like, oh, no. Because, <laughs> like, she she's good in the first movie. I think she's a great, like, element, especially. But I've always seen her as more of a like plot tool in the first one yeah she's an antagonistic yeah. tool to add to sydney's just build up of and tension. they give her they give her a lot more character in this one which i like um but i don't know something about her still irritates me <laughs> <laughs> and like deep down i'm like i don't know i don't know why. i was gonna say because i love gail and dewey stuff yeah no her stuff in this is very good um i just think i think it's an interesting phenomenon that like she still bothers me <laughs> as a person in this. i think it's funny. well i mean there there could be an argument made to the fact that like she seems to flip-flop with her character yeah her like her morality check um <laughs> Because, like, again, she made this book, and she really does not seem too torn up about the fact that she, like, slandered all of these people in right? her book. Um, <laughs> and, like, she still seems very, very concerned about, like, you know, her interviews and her fame. Mm-hmm. And then Dewey. And then Dewey pops which, in. Which, again, Dewey, like, Dewey, like, smokes her, man. He, he, <laughs> he chews her out really good, and right. she cares about Dewey. Yeah. So, like, it makes sense, but it also feels like 
just specifically not given enough oomph to really feel like it means as much because again gale and dewey don't really effectively mean much to the movie unfortunately yeah like they're a fun b-plot but i think i don't know they're given either too much time or not enough time they're like they're like a family guy (laughs) b-plot and the fact that like really they only cross over in one little element at the end yeah it's interesting (laughs) but yeah no it's i don't know there's lots of very interesting tidbits when it comes to like dissecting how this movie goes about telling its story. Brian's tracking down the killer, and then all of a sudden, boom! <laughs> Quagmire is walked in <laughs> as, through, through the stage, and they're like, "What Quagmire?" for five seconds, and then it turns out it's uh, it, it's some random side character's mom. Nice. <laughs> I'd watch that. There you go. They instead of doing the Star Wars movies, Family Guy should have done parodies of the Scream movies. They would have rocked. <laughs> uh. I think I'm not sure. See, that'd be very different themed, though, because you right. know all of Star Wars is pretty popcorny, yeah. but like the first one is a lot different than the second one in tone. <laughs> for right. Scream, yeah, no, it'd be fun though. <laughs> I'll stand by that. Seth MacFarlane would, hire me. <laughs> who would who would be Stu and Billy? Stu and Billy. I mean, I guess you'd have to have Stewie as Stu. You know, Stewie as yeah, that would be good. <laughs> Billy, you could either do Chris or you could do um, who else could you do? I mean, you could do. You'd have to be no. I'd say do somebody outside of the family yeah. because you'd want them to date. Um, I'd say you'd want them to date. Um, why did I just lose her name? The daughter. Meg? Meg. <laughs> Unless you gender swap the main character and make it yeah. somebody like Brian or something and have it as a female to be the assistant Man, killer. I can't think of someone good to play him. But anyway, anyway. <laughs> We're way off base. <laughs> the family guy extended canon of characters does not matter in the discussion of Scream 2. <laughs> but Robbie, imagine... Imagine, uh, dang it, I'm losing all of my Family Guy character names. Who are you thinking of? Uh, Patrick Warburton. Oh, character. Joe. Joe. Imagine Joe being Dewey. <laughs> that would be funny. I'd watch that. Um, but anyway, do you have another question? Do I have another to lead question? us towards again elements specifically that we like? Because I feel like we've we've done a good job of kind of cutting to the, the stuff that does not cutting work. to the oh my stabbing, god stabbing if you will. <laughs> um, what do you think of the uh, direction in this one? Like the just the general energy, how the cast operates. You know, it's you know I really like the I, I like again I really like the tone they're going for here. I like the direction. I yeah. love the pacing. Like it feels like the a pacing, really man. It feels like you a really pacing enough <laughs> it feels like a really nice like movie like yeah. it feels i like the scenes i like everything about it really on a like a direction production level um i really Absolutely. like the sets i love the location of the college i think they do a really good job with it the setting it's, yeah the college setting it, does work really well it's not this. as spooky as those locations around westboro for um scream but again this is a much less spooky movie exactly. so i think the college campus works really well i like the sorority stuff and like the fraternity <laughs> yeah. house stuff like no those are fun that's cool those are those are like some of the most fun elements in this like if it's we're talking like non-main plot stuff like the sorority and fraternity 
modernity stuff is a fun element to introduce. In the, this movie. the camera doesn't feel as alive in this one. I will say though, the camera feels a lot more stiff. It does. Um, this one feels a lot more TV showy in the way it's yeah, shot, you which get, is a shame. Again, you don't get that kind of manic vibe from that you got from Scream with all of its wides I and close-ups. I and... saw Silent Dawn um, on Letterboxd praising the cinematography in this one actually, but I mean they they were I mean, a big I, fan of like the sort of shift in style to in this one yeah, being a little to, less I was scary. about to say it adjusts to fit the yeah, tone Yeah, I was of about to say it it, it, it it is not as like manic and scary as the first one, but like that's by design. I was about to say you don't have Matthew Lillard giving you that chaotic <laughs> manic energy. It, right. I was about to say no, like like legitimately though, there's a lot of elements you do not curate the same vibe because honestly a big vibe in Scream is kind of like like mania essentially. Yeah, it is, yeah. Um and that's just not present here really at all <laughs> right no it, it feels a lot more tame which is part of again the reason i don't think mickey works as a character mm-hmm. in the movie he, he very much brings that energy <laughs> he's 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 uh, he's being manic in a not manic energy <laughs> movie so he's over here like ah, he seems out of place the movies, at the end honestly. the sequels right and you're like that's nice billy but but the i mean not billy uh that's nice Mickey, but Randy's not here to, to riff off of this energy with you. Right. He was the only one giving that energy in return. Yeah. No, um, it's a shame. I would have I would have I would love to see the version of Scream 2 that just focuses on like Mickey as a character yeah. and Randy. Okay, and okay. Tell me this would be pretty <laughs> sick though. Tell me I know everybody loves Sydney. Sydney's fantastic. I know everyone loves Dewey. Dewey is like my favorite Dewey character. Rocks, dude. And you could even have Dewey appear here. Um, but I'm just saying, picture this. Open your minds to this concept of we we open the same opening stab. Um, but yeah. maybe you had maybe even throw in the fact that like Randy might have been at the stab opening. That mm. seems like, or or at least Mickey. Somebody, uh, yeah, Mickey, Mickey, he is there, right? Well, Does he, he technically, the he's first... the, yeah, he's the first killer. Yeah, I would, killer. I would guarantee. I would assume um, <laughs> from from the stature anyway. Yeah. Uh, but like, so yeah, but like you know, showing mm-hmm. Mickey there not as the killer yes. specifically, just showing setting up them as movie people having different opinions on the movies <laughs> and then kind of following through in a in a in an almost Donnie Darko-esque screenplay style of like exploring kind of both of them I guess that's not Donnie Darko but I'm saying like specifically like exploring kind of the path of academia affecting like his mania essentially interesting <laughs> <laughs> so funny right um but yeah no i mean i like i said i feel like that's what i was hoping scream 2 was gonna be was like something a little disconnected and having randy is like the side he character would have been so good. good lead he would have been such a good lead but yeah no. they, they even are like you'll never be main you'll never be lead man and i'm like but he could be he could be especially Imagine how great especially in this he's just he's he's a much more compelling and interesting character in this than he's the first scream character whereas in scream he was kind of like he was funny yeah he was a little bit of a creep <laughs> to where you know you you can kind of suspect randy you yeah know? but you know he's still fun yeah uh, that's really all he has in scream um, which is the perfect character I was to focus to say, on in a sequel. Dude, okay. <laughs> we we can't criticize a movie for what it's not, Micah. No, I'm saying picture <laughs> Just picture it. Just imagine it. Just imagine will. it. Imagine that world. I think that would be a good world. <laughs> it would be. I would I would be so happy. I would be like this this is beautiful. 
Yeah, but do you have any specific comments on the direction since the we were, direction. that's what we were technically talking about? I think, you know, this is my, I guess, second Wes Craven movie, and I am really loving the, like, power he has, you know? Like, he's a very solid director, and that's that's something I really admire, you know? I I feel like all of my directors have a very... All of my favorite directors have a... All of my directors. All of my directors. All of my directors. <laughs> I don't know about your directors. All my favorite directors have a very, like, set in stone, like, they know what they're doing. And Wes Craven has always struck me as uh, someone who knows what he's doing yeah. um, behind the camera. You know, he he does a very good job directing this cast. I can't, this. Wait, I can't wait to watch A Nightmare on Elm Street. Ah, oh, man. I... I have a feeling I'm going to love it just as much as Scream, but I'm, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, I mean, he directed Scream 3 and 4, Ruby. Yeah, I don't know. I, this will be very interesting. I, this has me very excited for Scream 3, because I saw someone mention, someone I follow on Letterboxd, they mentioned in their review that Scream 2 is a great springboard into the greatness of 3. So, I, I don't know. I'm holding my breath that I'm going to love uh, 3 more than this one. Um, which sounds, again, sounds crazy because I gave this a four and a half. <laughs> no, again, and, and again, for anybody who doesn't know how essentially I usually go about talking about <laughs> movies on here is I try specifically to bring about a foil just to, to kind of dive into the things like, cause I think talking about what I think doesn't work can highlight what does work. Yeah. And I think this movie is really, really fun. Just about everything it else It masters works. its tone. It yeah. masters its pacing. Its cast is great. It's it's a really fun time. But I also think it deserves mentioning the criticisms of it because yeah. they're, they're the reasons that I didn't give it quite that extra bit. But I need to go off of my rating <laughs> with the criticism in mind, you know? Like, I really like this movie. Mm-hmm. I would turn this on any time. In fact, it's, it's a lot a, It's a, great it's a time, lot easier man. to turn on than Scream because, again, Scream, like, Scream requires your focus. <laughs> it demands your attention. This one, again, is like a, a really fun popcorn It's a fun movie. romp, yeah. This would be great to watch on, like, Halloween with a bunch of friends. Yeah. Um... And I think it's fantastic for that. I think it's a great yeah. direction to take the sequel. I just think it was a little muddled in doing so. Yeah, it's a bit it's a bit of a muddy screenplay, which you know, I say I say that and then I keep praising Kevin Williamson's writing. But like, I don't know, the the style the, the way he curates tone in his writing is very interesting to me. Because he, he dances this really fine line. And I mean, obviously, Wes Craven is a great director here, too. Like, and that's obviously... Man, if, if, I'm, if I know what you did last summer was paired with uh, <laughs> with Wes Craven, I know it right? would, I know it would oh be, like, goodness. perfect. It would be so good. But, like, he has such a uh, gripping way, uh, such an interesting and, like... I, I don't know. I have a hard time looking away from anything he writes because... Everything he does feels so intentional. No, he has really fantastic yeah. ideas. And I yeah. think, again, he has, I, he's a great one, of idea reason, one of the reasons I want to do, I really want to do a video on I Know What You Did Last Summer, yeah. because it's a really, it's actually kind of similar to criticism I have for this, because I think I Know What You Did Last Summer is a really smart screenplay. They're very similar in quality, that is actually. Very, that is very muddled and dumbed down. Yeah. Um, which is a shame. And because and it, and it's more apparent and I know what you did last summer because it's a solo movie, mm-hmm. whereas this is a sequel. This is very much um, so uh, it can easily, accented by Scream. I was Scream. about to say, it can easily grab off of a lot of the really good, rich stuff presented in Scream, where yeah. I know what you did last summer couldn't. Um, 
but I think it's really like I love his writing style. I really do. I think he has a lot of interesting things He's to say. He's got such a great voice with, with horror, yeah. with especially that kind of teenage college age. Right. He writes um, that so well. Friend group dynamics and so are so good. Yeah. <laughs> I love the way he writes that. Um, it's it's interesting, Ruby. He didn't write three. He wrote four, but he oh, didn't watch. He, okay. he didn't write Scream three. That's very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was about to say, I know a lot of people who scream three and four, like they consider to just be bad. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, wow, now, now I'm interested. You know, I mean, I was interested before, obviously. No, I'm very excited <laughs> to see where this, the series goes. Yeah. But yeah, Scream 2, very interesting movie overall. Is my, is it really, that's my assessment of it. It's a very interesting, very fun movie. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's really fun i think it's funny i think it's exciting i think it's got a fun mystery even though it's not like the best mystery you've ever yeah. seen um it's got a really fun continuation of the cast it's really <laughs> it looks good it sounds good the soundtrack i would say is even better than scream Ooh, i um, don't i don't know if i'd go that far it is good though for I sure think, i think the soundtrack is better than scream <laughs> um I think it, it does it presents a lot of really really cool ideas as a sequel Absolutely. as a sequel in theming um it, it gives me a lot to chew on and at the end of the day you know like that's that's what i go to movies for you know <laughs> you don't go to the movies to have fun right? i go to the movies to have fun <laughs> and then chew on the fun i was about to say this is fun so <laughs> it is fun. i will say dewey might be the mvp of this dewey movie. is the mvp <laughs> dewey is out there doing the most randy would be the mvp if he had more focus mickey could be an mvp if he had more focus shout out to uh luke wilson as billy and luke wilson as billy and stab his is amazing hair. his hair looks so bad on him <laughs> i want to watch i wish there. i wish there was like a full cut of stab i would watch you wish that. it was like a mant situation yeah. where there's like at least like an like assembly cut film, yeah because yeah. <laughs> like which by the way again we mentioned this and now you bring it up again i thought oh, yeah. it would be an interesting mention on the podcast uh but uh matinee matinee um joe dante picture joe dante mat- matinee with uh john goodman actually very explores good a lot of similar themes yes, to this in a very different way but still revolving around horror movies on a technical level just like 60s horror movies i was about to say if you enjoy scream 2 i would definitely go check out matinee because it examines uh like terror on screen and just movie making in general in a very yeah, interesting I was about to light. say in the way that it presents gimmicks the way mm-hmm. it presents what horror is actually doing as a genre yeah um, which i mean it, it examines that through the lens of uh nuclear war and creature features which yeah, is very about, cool i was about to say it's much different yeah. than this it's a much more tonal comedy it's not a horror movie in any <laughs> right. in any sense at all <laughs> um but it is very it is very cool and i it's think it thematically pairs really well with this mm-hmm. if you if you enjoy the themes and the interesting like discussion that this movie can bring about i would very much suggest matinee or even if you just enjoy the movies or right. john goodman or, or john giant goodman is anthropomorphic so ants Mant. go watch was... matinee <laughs> is the is the takeaway here. matinee is really great go watch scream 2 as well it's very fun right. it's it's um, a good time man but I, I don't think I have too much more to add no, about really. Scream 2. I think that was a... Like, again, I think it's... What what is there works extremely well. Yeah. And it's it's really kind of... Again, as they talk about in the movie, as horror movie sequels go especially, it's, it's like, fantastic. It's yeah, it's great. Um, it just doesn't come anywhere near touching the original <laughs> and feels 
kind of muddled in comparison. It is muddled, which is a shame because that that's one of the big strengths of Scream is how sharp and like focused it is. And then this one, a lot of fun, just feels a lot. Yeah, muddier. I was about to say it's sharp focus of Scream is what makes it. We didn't. We have no reason to do these killings <laughs> theme work so well, right? <laughs> <sighs> man but instead what is the theme that the killings are trying to tell you in scream 2 what is it trying to say i don't know man but it is fun to watch it is fun to watch and maybe that's really what scream 2 is all about maybe i mean that's the last line in the movie the like entertainment we watch, a great movie maybe the entertainment we watch doesn't need to mean anything <laughs> it doesn't matter if it if if uh you know the the next netflix Dahmer uh, oh, series negatively affects the people's <laughs> lives who have to deal with the stuff because it's good popcorn which i think is a terrible message and i don't think that's what the film is trying go, to say <laughs> go watch see how they run <laughs> oh, no <gosh>. don't <laughs> see how they run that's a that is the biggest problem with that movie i oh think oh my gosh it's just laughs in the face of <laughs> the big moral question of the the moral ambiguity of uh, creating true media. crime yeah, entertainment true crime. oh man but yeah scream 2 great movie scream 2 great movie let's love the cast let's uh, talk about some of the other stuff we watched this week let's do it ladies and gentlemen now presenting the final segment of our podcast if you're not asleep at this point what are you doing you're not using this podcast correctly. Take a melatonin. Take some melatonin. Get some rest. <laughs> rest those rest those heavy eyes. Uh, for those of you who don't know or have never made it this far into the podcast before, the What We Watch segment is what we do at the end, where we just briefly talk about all of the movies that we've watched since our last episode. We just give a rating and then some quick little thoughts. Just, just, just for fun. So sit back, relax, close those eyes of yours. And let's talk about what we watched. All right, so we're going from the oh, the tenth, the tenth. Well, I guess, yeah. <clears throat> but yes, the tenth uh, of October, twenty twenty-two. Who, whom shall start? Because we watched different things than the tenth. We watch, We we did not watch a lot together. This we did not, week. which is why we have to be briefer right. with this, and we're going to be here for forever. Uh, I guess I'll kick it off. Okay. Um, on the tenth, I watched Claire's Knee, my first Eric Romer film. Um, very good stuff. Uh, it covers a similar topic to Lolita, which we touched on, uh, I think, one or two episodes ago. Um, and it does so in, with a lot more class and panache, I will say. Which, or panache, I guess. Panache. It's panache. panache. What is panache? panache. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you say panache, and I was like, where is he going uh, with this? <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Very good movie. Um, a, a surprisingly like meaningful exploration of love i don't know it's, it's a very cool movie i liked it a lot i want to see more of eric Romer's of work. love question mark. <laughs> question mark. i don't know it's it's a very brilliantly like written and directed film and cool. very well performed uh claire's knee Concern. i gave it i gave it a four and a half concerning that the same man was in two pedophile movies yes <laughs> yeah right <laughs> raises some red flags uh on the 10th uh i watched Damien Chazelle's Woo! Whiplash. <laughs> I love Mason Chazelle, and, man. And whoa, whoa. It's so good. Whoa. Uh, Damien Chazelle, uh, take my money. <laughs> take, my take all of it. Take I everything I've ever earned. Babylon. 
Um, I what the heck? For Babylon, dude. Like I've I loved <laughs> First Man and I loved La La Land, but I this movie blows my mind. I've nonstop <laughs> thought about it since. This is probably one of the most tight screenplays I've ever seen. Some of the most insane direction. Some of the best character work, like working together in a very tight it, level. It's just so fun it's and so it's good. so endearing and it's so engaging. It's it's crazy. That finale, man. And what it does with music <laughs> is is fantastic this is this is the perfect example of damien chazelle the musician director you know yeah i mean <laughs> this is probably my favorite damien chazelle movie now, oh it's easily my favorite um, which is crazy because la la land is a freaking masterpiece no it's insane because la la land was my favorite movie for the longest time and then i watched like a bunch of other stuff but then i watched whiplash and like it blew me out of the water dude I, like miles teller in this fantastic <laughs> jk simmons scary <laughs> this is crazy I loved it so much. Uh, I gave it a five out of five. One of the best of the decade. One of the best of the decade. Easily. Easily. Uh, then, uh, what did we watch, Revy? What did we watch together? Then we watched Straight Out of Nowhere, Scooby-Doo meets Courage the Cowardly Dog, Ooh. which is a very long title. Ooh, it's I'm the, I'm pretty sure it is the longest Scooby-Doo movie title. <laughs> Straight Out of Nowhere, Scooby-Doo meets Courage um, the Cowardly so, Dog. That's a lot of words. So, um, yeah, I've been, if you haven't been keeping up, I've been working on a keep up a video a video on my <laughs> channel ranking all of the scooby-doo movies yeah so i watched all of the scooby-doo movies, Scooby movies including this one which i was not too jazzed about because i've never really been a courage fan courage it's he, weird it's a weird it show. has its moments it has its charms but it really one of my biggest problems with courage is that he talks why, why does he <laughs> why do does that he, he sounds really weird i don't like his voice at all <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind his voice, no, but I he shouldn't it. be talking. Ravi, I hate his voice. He sounds like like a 40-year-old man doing a weird voice. He is a 40-year-old man doing a weird voice. <laughs> Which is not what I want my dog to sound like. <laughs> That's fair. See, Scooby sounds like a 40-year-old man doing a weird voice, and but like in a cool way. It's flirting versus harassment. <laughs> it's the flirting versus harassment of mystery horror-based dog <laughs> characters in cartoons. That's funny. But yeah, uh, but the movie Scooby Doo straight out of nowhere. It it's not very it's good. It's fine. It's fine. I think it's fine. Uh, yeah, it's pretty mediocre to bad. I would say. Yeah, a lot of the elements really don't work well in it. It does a really it's bad job about crossing over all of its people oh, yeah, and handling it. its ensemble. It's a really terrible crossover. They needed to cut the cast way down. Again, I think this movie probably could have been pretty darn good if it was just Scooby and Shaggy, or even Scrappy, if they felt so inclined. That would have been going so into good. the going into the courage universe. Something even something like a take for example, like Goblin King mm -hmm. is mainly just the two exactly. of them going into something a different like that universe. Would have worked so much uh, better with courage, but instead it's got way too big. <laughs> it's of a got cast. way too many. It's characters. got a really convoluted <laughs> plot. The yeah. mystery kind of sucks. It just is, is there a mystery? I guess there's a mystery. It just doesn't really. <laughs> It's mystery and like a... also where was Lequack's mustache in this movie? Lequack is the easily the best part of. Courage. I was about to say he doesn't have his mustache. <laughs> and he doesn't have his mustache. It's weird, <laughs> uh, but I gave it a two and a half out of five. It's really just not that um, great. I give it a three out of five. It's not bad. It's not, but it's, it's not, not really. Terrible. It's not really all that good either. <laughs> uh, then on the. 11th, the, uh, the 11th i watched crimson peak for the first crimson time peak? guillermo del toro's crimson peak big del toro fan uh, huge huge del pod. toro fan one of my favorite directors <laughs> uh 
Um, and I don't understand why people don't like this movie. Um, it's it's one of my favorite Del Toro movies. It's actually my mom's favorite Del Toro movie now, which is interesting. <laughs> not your mom's um, Del Toro. Not your mom's Del Toro. <laughs> uh, but I think it's a brilliant love letter to gothic literature and a really, really unique take on it. And it just feels so classical and fun. It's spooky. It's great. I, I find it. that that's uh, the best like elements of Del Toro's work. Same with Ryan Johnson, where it Gothic very romance, much is, feels man. like an homage to other stuff. Yeah, um, I gave Good it a stuff. four and a half out of five. A fantastic picture. Fantastic picture. You gotta love it. Then what did we watch, Remy? Later that day, we watched Punch Drunk Love, Paul Thomas Anderson's Punch Drunk Love, which happens to be my favorite movie. <laughs> That's crazy, because it's my least favorite PTA movie now. <laughs> uh, don't get me wrong from that statement. It's still really, really good. Um, Adam Sandler is oh insane in this. He's so good um, in this. And the charm that this movie has is really crazy. Like it's crazily tangible, understated, man. the charm that this movie has. It's so good. But it just doesn't really connect with me in any emotional way. I feel a lot for Barry as a character, and you know I relate to him in a lot of ways. Because um, I yeah. think he's, I think he's a really great delve into like neurodivergency on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like, that's the best thing going on in this movie because I feel like the plot itself of the romance and everything never really drew me in in a meaningful way. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta buy into the romance, Micah. <laughs> well, like uh, not even just the romance, but the romance, the the mattress man. It's a like, very, like it's the a very man, unconventional screenplay. But like, it's yeah, I just never really get into it the same way I have any other PTA movie. Okay, that's fair. Um, but I still but you're wrong. really, I still really love it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I mean, it's my favorite movie. This is my fourth time watching it, which seems absurd. It feels like I've watched it like a million times. Um. But, uh, you know, it's great. I love it. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson is, I think, probably one of the best modern directors, if not the best modern director. Um, I don't think there can be a best modern director. <laughs> he is one of the best. He is though. one of the best, easily, in my mind. Uh, but yeah, t- uh, Punch Drunk Love, I gave it a 5 out of 5. I, I love it so much. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's got so much charm. I can see it. Right. Oh my gosh. Scream 2, if you squint, the poster, the normal poster on Letterboxd, looks like Venom. <laughs> the two the two white faces look like Venom's eyes. Then oh the other goodness. faces look like a top row of teeth. And then you've got the two <laughs> it red does as look his like tongue. Venom. It looks right. like Venom. I changed mine to not have the ensemble on the poster. It looks like Venom, guys. That's crazy. <laughs> but, um, anyway, but anyway. Uh, on the 11th, yeah. I also watched um, Scooby-Doo meets Batman. Scooby-Doo meets Batman. Um, which uh, is one of the first Scooby-Doo quote-unquote movies. It's not really a movie, but it qualifies. Um <laughs> And it's really fun. It's classic Scooby. It looked it looked like a bunch of fun when I for like the few scenes I saw of it. After after watching like literally like over forty other Scooby Doo movies, most of them being more modern, it's really nice to just kind of feel like you know classic Scooby Doo, especially also paired with classic Batman feeling. Like it feels like good cartoon fun Batman, um, which you don't get much of. Um, and it was just it's it's fun. It's not the greatest i don't think the villains do a really good job and i think the mysteries can be really boring um but it's fun it's very endearing what more can you ask for really i give it three out of five nice 
Uh, then what did we watch, Remy? Then uh, we watched... Still on the 11th, the by David the way. Lynch, the David Lynch, yeah, we watched a bunch of stuff on the 11th, apparently. Uh, we watched the David Lynch debut film, Eraserhead. Erase, oh man, I always forget it's his debut. It's his debut? How do you debut with something like this? Which also inspired us to delve into Twin Peaks this month. Yeah, so. oh my um, goodness. Shout out to Twin Peaks. Uh, but yeah, Eraserhead, this was, like my, this was like my fourth viewing of Eraserhead. This was my, um, what was this? My third viewing. And and uh, it's such a weird movie. It's such an interesting movie. It's, it intrigues. It's kind of a spellbinding movie. It deeply intrigues me. <laughs> yeah. But also isn't my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a good way to describe it. It's like endlessly interesting, but like at the same time, it doesn't attach to me in the way I want it to. Yeah. You know? I don't get much emotional value out of this. Um. But it but it fascinates me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it, I just want to sit there and watch it. You know. <laughs> Uh, see great. what it's gonna do we, we watched this projected <laughs> onto um the wall with the yeah. projector set and i think that was so fun i, I hung, I up, really a, hung up a nice like white canvasy I think, background i think we need to do that again on it with some more of your criterions because we got some good criterions <laughs> that would like black and white criterions right? that would look good on a projection i just bought it happened one night and that would be a great movie to watch yeah, like we that. need to we need to hit up some of some of these black and white because i think you got to do black and white on <laughs> the projection screen because they focus we have a we have a really terrible projection <laughs> they focus so much more on lighting then so yeah. like you need all the help you can get uh but i gave Eraserhead a four and a half out of five I also gave it a four and a half out of five very good movie uh then on the 12th i watched scooby-doo meets the harlem globetrotters um, good for him man which i think this was <laughs> yes this was the last scooby this was the 50th scooby-doo movie i watched amazing uh this was the other of the same run as meets batman um and honestly this is like all the same problems but it's just more fun i think <laughs> like i think the mysteries are more interesting in cool. this one and the harlem globetrotters surprisingly are really are really goofy fun side characters I mean, you know when you said scooby-doo meets the harlem Glo- globetrotters i was like you know that sounds like a really good time <laughs> the only problem is, is it doesn't quite know what to do with that big of a cast most that's of the a time. lot of people yeah so like especially in the second part because both of these are split up into two parts yeah especially in the second part uh it feels like the harlem globetrotters are just kind of there because yeah that's fair they actually have a lot to do in the first one again the stuff i caught from that one looked fun uh but i also gave it a three out of five cool um late that night like i was i i probably should have been asleep into the recesses of the night realistically i watched um isaac rodriguez's uh the stream which for some reason isn't on IMDb. I keep looking for it, <laughs> um, but it's a very good movie for those who don't know who Isaac Rodriguez is. He's a who doesn't uh, know Isaac Rodriguez. He's like really? an independent director who I've recently fallen in love with. His work is very good. Um, he he does like low but budget, very very low budget. He and does he needs very better, low budget. He needs better. Movies. He needs better actors. Very low budget horror movies. This is easily my favorite of his work. It's like genuinely great i think deadware is great in a very specific way deadware is very unique it's like it's like this underground greatness this one is like just genuinely a great horror movie um and i definitely recommend it uh if you want to like watch it during spooky season it's on tubi right now it's called the stream dude tubi has a stacked horror and it movie. is fantastic it has... i love the camera work i love the lighting love the performances love the horror stuff it's a great movie. Tubi has so many horror movies. <laughs> yeah. They're crazy. I uh, gave it a four out of five. It's nice. a good time. <laughs> uh, then on the 13th, I watched a, I watched something on, on a, 
Oh, well, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah. Shout out, shout out to. Um, I was about to say I, I didn't like really this. want to talk. Like I wasn't going to talk about Twin. Peaks. Not, not in any um, substance. substance. We're not but even on the twelfth. We watched. We started uh, Twin Peaks. We watched, we watched the, the pilot. pilot of Twin Peaks, and I love it. And I think it I've might loved, be my new I've favorite loved, TV I've show. I've loved Twin Peaks so much so far, it's and we're so like three good. episodes in. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I mean, um, if you if you've seen us in person, of course we love Twin right. Peaks. Yes, one look at we love Twin Peaks. But yeah, it was great. Then on the third. 13th i watched a to be horror movie uh i watched uh phenomena how dare you call uh, an argento movie a to be Ravi, look at argento's track record <laughs> yeah i mean like to has a lot of his stuff but like how could you um but this movie is absolutely insane i had no idea what to expect i had only i had only yeah. seen suspiria and this is very similar in a lot of ways to suspiria but this is just absolutely insane like literally that's what i love to the hear plot about is the plot is insane it's like a goblin child and an entomologist with a monkey sidekick <laughs> and like a girl who can telepathically communicate with bugs this sounds like the greatest movie ever made and honestly. like it's so <laughs> weird it's so weird but it's pretty darn fun it doesn't fully work on a lot of levels it's nowhere near as good as suspiria and it does not feel like it has any of those elements tying together in any good way at all but it still works <laughs> nice. uh, and it's fun so i gave it a three and a half can't wait to see it man it looks like a, it looks like a blast. The soundtrack is fantastic, by the way. Goblin Goblin went off. I love Goblin, man. <laughs> uh, but on the thirteenth, I watched uh, another Isaac Rodriguez film, A Town Full of Ghosts. Not as good. Um, kind of odd. It's another found footage movie, like exclusively found footage, um, and it does it relatively well. I wish it was a bit more engaging and it, it just lacks a lot of urgency throughout its runtime. You know, like it, there's nothing really pushing it to do anything. Uh, but it's fun. I gave it a three out of five. And speaking of towns and found foot, <laughs> uh, I watched on the, what was that? Probably the 14th. I don't know. I clicked in already. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Savage, Savage Land. Um, Savage Land. An indie mockumentary horror movie. Um, yes. Which is very interesting. I can't wait it's, to see it's it. It's very unique, especially <laughs> being that none of the crew seemed to ever do anything else besides <laughs> this. Like, they came out of nowhere, did this, and just didn't do anything else. Which They makes... dropped a classic, and then just <laughs> they, knew, they knew they couldn't top it, Mike. <laughs> uh, this has a really great sense of atmosphere. It, it works with its... <laughs> like, it, it genuinely has good documentary filmmaking for nice. a mockumentary. Um and it has a great sense of building tension and using its horror, like its its more horrifying elements, uh, which are mostly just like pretty much all just still pictures, which is really... very interesting to me. Like the more I hear you describe it, I'm like, okay, I'm very intrigued. Like how you would utilize a documentary in like a, which I mean, like I can imagine. Yeah, it but, uses like, I'm very essentially it uses, see... it uses essentially different story point of views partnered with really really good photography creepy yeah. pictures to build a really unique horror kind of like well like horror quote unquote experience yeah. and just a really fun story to watch unfold. I think it's genuinely really fantastic. Nice. Uh, my biggest thing is my biggest problem with it is the the ending just leaves something to be desired because the entire movie builds up to really want you to show what's actually like at least like a taste of what's going <laughs> on um, and the taste that they give you is just kind of underwhelming that's fair i would love i would love i'd love to give these guys a big budget let them do like a like literally a five minute 
or less seen. Just append something just, to the end. Yeah, and just cut the little thing they have and add that. I think that would make it like practically perfect. Nice. Um, but I really loved it. Uh, I gave it a four out of five. Nice. On the fourteenth, I watched a Netflix film called Day F- uh, Day Fish. Day Fish. Day Shift. Day Fish. Day Fish. Day Shift. It's a uh, comedy action comedy about vampire hunters. Um, and it's pretty good. I don't know. Uh, the Dave Franco inclusion was not my favorite, but I think it's pretty fun. I like it. Um, it just really is... It, it kind of suffers from the same problem as a lot of Netflix projects, where it just doesn't feel like it really has a voice behind it. Um, it just kind of shoots everything and takes all of its choices exactly the way you'd expect. And it just makes for kind of a bland movie. Um, but it's fun. Uh, Jamie Foxx is fun. I liked most of the comedy. Uh, and also Snoop Dogg for as little bit of, uh, as he is in the movie. He's like the highlight of the movie. He's so good. <laughs> I didn't expect him to be a good actor, but he actually is really good in this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I gave it a three and a half out of five. Nice. And then on the 14th, I w- sat down and watched, while you were watching Savage, uh, Land. Savage Land, I sat down and watched Murder by Television. Which is a uh, Bella Lugosi th- a thriller, mur- horror film. I don't know. Um, it was interesting. It was from the 30s, uh, so pretty early on in Bella's career, as far as I know, anyway. Um, and it was it was pretty boring. It's pretty early on in anybody's film career, <laughs> right? But yeah, Murder by Television, uh, epic epic name for a movie, but just kind of boring. I don't know. The prop design for the television camera that they use is really cool, um, and you know, Bella Lugosi's performance is also really good. But like, that's about it. It's kind <laughs> of a, it's like one of the most boring whodunits I've ever seen, and that's that that's saying something, you know? Dang. <laughs> but yeah, no, it it was it was. Not very good. I gave it a two and a half out of five. Uh, then on the fifteenth, we watched Scream Two for Scream the first two, time, baby. Uh, then on the sixteenth, uh, I sat myself down <laughs> and watched uh, Evil Dead, but uh, the twenty thirteen Evil Dead. Yes. Um, which is a very interesting movie because yeah. it's got a really, it's got a pretty darn high average on Letterboxd, so I feel like it's loved, but I have no idea. I don't really know <laughs> because the people I follow are very split on it, um, and like most of the top reviews are negative for it. Uh, but I thought it was really fantastic. I thought it was really, really just like over the top fun. You have me very excited to watch it. Um, <laughs> I thought it was just like a, a fun romp gore fest with a decent emotional core, a really fun set of characters, and like literally the gore is is just like the highlight. I think its direction is really fun. I think its like set design and visual effects are great. Like I. I don't understand not liking this. Again, I have not seen Evil Dead. Uh, yeah, I don't. The I first one. Yeah. Don't know if I will ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, f- because of what's in it. That's fair. but like, um, you know, like it's. I understand it's no Sam Raimi. You feel the lack of Sam Raimi's charm in this, even just as a movie. It feels a lot more basic than anything I've a ever little, seen. A little more vanilla. Yeah, in and, its than, than anything I've ever seen Sam Raimi do, whether it's horror or not. <laughs> I love Sam Raimi. Um, he's a very he's so such like a fun you can feel this style wanting to play towards Sam Raimi's direction, this kind of horror movie. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, what is there is really fantastic in my opinion. It's nice. a very simple, very to the point, very fun, very very insane. Literally, I, w- I would still call <laughs> it the most gory film I've ever seen. 
Um, and it's got a, it's it's got an interesting message, like it's interesting takeaway cool. of wh- how it deals with its themes. I'm um, I'm really excited to watch it now. <laughs> no, I really loved it actually, yeah. which I w- did not know what to expect going into it. Uh, and I gave it a four and a half out of five. Very cool. Gotta love it. Uh, and then just like a few, I, I guess like an hour like ago, an hour and thirty. Well, because hour we, and we, change, we, maybe two hours. Probably about two hours ago. We at watched this point, Scream we 2. watched Scream Two again. And again, I, I sat there for like half an hour deciding whether or not I wanted to give it a four or four and a half. And I couldn't, I, I was like, you know what? I can't bring myself to give it a lower rating. I'm going to give it a four and a half, even though I don't know. I'm, I'm still so torn on it. I it's a know. very interesting movie. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of rides the weird line of being really, really good <laughs> and really troubled. Yeah. But yeah, that that is what we watched. That is what we watched. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed this episode. I feel like I, I feel like I was a bit more together in this one than I was on my scream episode. Maybe I <laughs> we was. We were very tired on the scream. episode, I was about to say to maybe maybe I was getting sick and being tired. Yeah, we were both I, we were both not feeling good. <laughs> we were both tired. There was there was a lot stuck again this on scream. <laughs> Uh, but I felt that that was a good discussion. There you go. Uh, go watch Crimson Peak if you're old enough. Yeah. Uh, go check out Savage Land. It would be it would be like a a very mild rated R or a, a very heavy PG thirteen. My official recommendation is The Stream by Isaac Rodriguez. <laughs> go watch it it's and go cool. go watch some Scooby Doo. Go watch some Scooby Doo. We watched a lot of good movies this yeah, week. Honestly, we did. Um, it's a good and, time. And I'm excited as we get a little closer to Halloween. I'm going to shift gears from horror to a bit more of like those classic spooky, classic a bit more spooks. macabre than actually scary um but you know you got to enjoy october for for binging a bunch of horror movies i was about to say i'm about to start my shutter trial <laughs> and then I'm, we're gonna get a big big surge in how many movies i'm watching so i was about to say we still got to hit up Coraline, corpse yeah. bride maybe i want to revisit i want to i want to revisit paranorman paranorman um, box dude i feel like I, I, why haven't we Hubie, done a paranormal Hubie episode? Halloween. Go listen to our Hubie Halloween episode. Like, that there, movie rocks. There's a lot of there's a lot of classics we yeah. still got to hit up before yeah. before the season is out. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, go enjoy some. Go have a good month. Go have a good October. Start up to October. It's a great Shout month of the year. October. Start uh, wearing hoodies. Start wearing hoodies. Flannels. Hoodies rock. <laughs> jackets, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> start dressing like you're in Twin Peaks. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's the takeaway. <laughs> Uh, And we will see you guys next week.